focus on me and on me alone. That's the whole point of worship. Well, if you've come here long enough, you know one of my favorite things to do is to worship. I enjoy it. It's, it's the fastest way to connect to God's presence. So I'd like to invite you this evening for five minutes to please rise and let us spend time. It's not necessarily about the song, even if there was no music. We know who is sitting at the right hand of the Father. We have the lion. We have the lamb. We know what he looks like. We could just focus on him. And the only way to do that is to forget about everything around you. It's actually to stop focusing on this and focus on him. So I'm going to invite you. I don't know what songs you want to sing. But can you just lead us for five minutes to focus on the lamb on the throne? And you all join me as we worship him this evening. Oh Lord my God when I Great is our God. 
Shaddai, the only wise God, the only true God, the only living God. Who are we, Lord, that you are mindful of us? What is the Son of Man that you should visit us? Who are we, Lord, that we can stand before your presence and worship you? Lord, we don't take this privilege for granted. We don't take it for granted at all. So tonight, Lord, we join all the angels. We join all the elders. We join the saints who have gone ahead of us. And Lord, we just worship you. We look up to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega. The only living God. And we worship you, Father. We worship you because of who you are. Not just because of what you've done. But because of who you are. You are the unchanging God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We give you all of the praise and all of the worship. And the people of God said a big amen. Y'all shouted louder. And the church of Jesus Christ said a big amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. If you can, it's really important as a believer to practice the presence of God by worshiping. Every time we come before God's throne room, we come with expectant, expectant hearts to receive. But every time we worship him, we're given. And I know it sounds, I don't know, a little weird. What can you give a king who has everything? The only thing is worship. So I'd like to encourage you this week, as often as you can, just spend some time soaking in his presence and, and worshiping him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Today I'm talking on exercising spiritual authority. And um, I'm pretty pumped this evening. Well... It's an, interesting, it's an interesting thing God walked me through with this topic. But I'm also pretty pumped my mom is here. <laughs> she's one of my absolute favorite people in the entire world. She knows that she's been um, such a teacher. I think everything I've, I, I, I've learned, I've learned from just watching her. Not necessarily listening, but just watching her live life. And I always tell her, I'm like... If I could be half the mom you are, if I could be half the Christian you are, let's start from there. I think I'll be pretty amazing. I'll be an amazing Christian. And if I could be half the mom you are, I'm done. I mean, really. She's an amazing, amazing mother. And um, over the years, I've missed, one of the things I've missed is just ministering, you know, with her and by her side. So it's, it's really, really exciting to see you here today, mom. And I know you came to hang out with your BFF, but it's great to see you too. Okay, so today I'm talking about exercising spiritual authority. Now, if you have ever visited another country and you've had to uh, obtain a visa to get to the other country, you'll notice a couple of things. You'll notice when you get to the consulate to obtain a visa to go to another country, there are officers, consular officers, who issue those visas. So a couple of years ago, Daniel and I um, went to Italy. And, and babes, if you've realized, I've said this Italy thing very frequently because I'm hoping you'll get the hint that I want to go again. I've mentioned it back to back the past couple of days, but I don't think he's catching it yet. So we went to the Italian consulate in Lagos to get the visas to go to Italy. Now, when we walked into the consulate, we realized there were a couple of Italians, but some of the people, some of the consular officers were Nigerian. 
I'm Nigerian. A couple of them were Nigerian. Same thing with the American Embassy in Nigeria. There are a couple of Americans, but they're also Nigerians, right? And um, not all of the officers were Italian. Even the Nigerian officers had the power to say, yes, you can go to Italy, or no, you cannot go. They had the authority to say when you could go, how long you could stay for, and when you had to come back. And those were Nigerians. They had the delegated power, the delegated authority given to them by the Italian government to tell us if we could go or we could not go. Well, thankfully, they told us we could go. But we saw them tell some people, no, you can't go. If you've gone to any consulate, you'd see there are always people who do that. Now, it didn't matter if the Italian consulate was on Nigerian soil. It didn't matter if the people were Italian or not. What mattered was they were backed by the authority of the Italian government. Are we following so far? Keep that thought while we discuss what authority means. Authority is the legal power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. It is the approved exercise of power. Authority is transferable, referred to the Italian example I just gave. Authority can be given or used in the absence of the giver. I'm trying to explain what authority is. So um, it's like a foundation for you know, what we're talking about this evening. So even if you're in this world like the Nigerian in the Italian embassy. The Bible tells us that we are not of this world. So we are representing God's kingdom in this world. The way those people are representing the Italian government in Nigeria. The way, I mean, I know in Houston, I think in Houston there are a couple of embassies around, right? I don't know. I think, I believe so. So those guys, whatever embassies, what embassies are here in Houston? Oh yeah, so the Mexican embassy is here. They are representing the Mexican government, even though they are here in the United States of America. Do you get my drift so far? So we are representing the government of heaven, even though we are currently in Cypress, Texas. Amen? Our king is not physically here, but we have the delegated authority to do whatsoever he wants us to do. Amen? Do you believe that so far? Okay, awesome. Now, the first step in exercising authority is awareness. Can you say awareness? I hope I'm saying it right. <laughs> Let's go to the history of authority as believers. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. It's a long read. So if you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles with me. If you don't have your Bibles, we have the screen. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image. I'm talking about the history of authority. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth snakes included. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. 28, I think. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish. That's a little, well, I'll keep up from here. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves. That is the history of authority. Dominion is a synonym of authority. It's pretty much the same thing. So God is saying, man, have authority over everything I have created. God made the earth. He didn't make it for himself. He certainly didn't make it for the devil. He made it for man. And he said, be in charge. Occupy till I return. Have authority. But guess who wasn't aware they had that authority? A guy called Adam. 
No offense, Adam, if he's in heaven. But (laughs) he just did not realize he had that authority. So when the enemy came and told him, Adam, don't you want to have authority? If he knew he had authority, he could have said, what are you talking about? I already have it. Instead, he said, hmm, oh, well, Eve, actually, hmm, that's not a bad idea. And what she did, Adam, by extension, was they handed over the, the, the earth God had given them to the devil. Amen? The biggest play the devil will make for you is not your life, is not for your health, is not for your children, it's not for your marriage, it's for what you know. And how you can apply what you know. See? Because if he can keep you unaware, he's halfway to victory. You cannot act on what you don't know. Amen? Are we going together so far? He, the biggest play he will make for you is to mess with your knowledge. To mess with what you know. So Adam handed over the earth to Satan. And 1 John 3, 8 says, For this reason Jesus was manifested so he would destroy the works of the devil. God had a great plan B. Actually, I think God had a great plan A. Because God knew from the start Adam was going to do what he did. And he knew he was going to send Jesus to redeem. He didn't just redeem us to the Father. He redeemed the earth back to us. Amen? Amen. Y'all look a little excited because I'm pretty excited myself. <laughs> so, Jesus came. He died. He rose again. And check this out. In Matthew 28:18, y'all flip your Bibles to that or check it out on the screen. And Jesus came and spoke to them. This was after he rose again. He said this. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Not some of it. Not a lot of it. How much of it? How much of it, guys? Y'all say it louder. How much of it? All authority. Every single thing called authority was handed over to Jesus. He went, the Bible says, he went down to hell. He made a public show of the devil and he took the keys. Everything. He has it right here. Why don't you all clap and celebrate this awesome, awesome victor we serve? Awesome, awesome. I mean, I'm like, oh, Lord. But look what happened in Luke 10, 19. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus did a divine transfer of authorities. He said to us, behold, I give you the authority. What authority? The one he had received. I give, he didn't say, I give you some of my authority. He's giving you how much of his authority? What? I can't hear you so loud. How much of it? He said, I'm giving you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he's saying everything the enemy will throw at you. It doesn't matter if he's throwing ten things at the same time, if he's throwing one at a time, if he's going steady year by year, day by day. You have authority over every single thing he will throw at you. Because God has given you that authority. Like Miss Joy would say, isn't that neat? I'm Nigerian, if you all didn't guess yet. And it was so funny when I came and I, isn't that neat? Because where I come from, neat is well arranged, right? So, like it's neat. And she'll go, isn't that neat? I'm like, what? <laughs> Realize, I don't know if it's a Texan expression or it's a Miss Joy expression or it's a general American expression, but I use it very often now. So we have and, and can operate in the authority God has given us. The Bible says, as he is, so we are. 
not like him, just as he is. That's exactly how you are, Mr. Joe. So I can guess what God looks like. Me. And I'm not talking about the physical. I'm not saying he's dark-skinned or light-skinned, blue eyes, blonde hair. I'm talking about the inside. I look just like God. I know. Thank you. (laughs) Meaning, if Jesus were here physically, tell me some of the things you think he could do. Tell me. Heal the sick? Raise the dead? How about, oh wait, how about this one? Mortgage payments? Oh no, 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 wait. Car payments, for sure he couldn't do car payments because they had donkeys back then. Car payments? Uh, What else am I thinking? Oh wait, family problems? Marital issues? Could Jesus handle it if he were here right now? Guess what? So can you. You can handle it the exact same way he could. You have the same amount of authority over the same types of situation because you have Jesus living on the inside of you. So see guys, the president or governor or mayor cannot stand on every street corner. I don't think they even want to do it, even, they, even though they promise, I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. If you, I'm not a fan of politics at all. Anywho. The president cannot stand on every street corner. So I don't know if it's the president or the governor or the mayor, but somebody puts traffic cops at some places to control traffic. I don't know who does that, but somebody does that because there are a couple of traffic cops that control traffic. So what happens, Mr. Bill Johnson, who's going to be older in 11 days, if you're driving down Telgi and there's a traffic cop right there and he says, stop. Bill Johnson, do you go, ooh, I'm going to be older in 11 days. I'm older than, I, I think I'm older than that guy's dad. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. Would you do that? What would you do? Why? He has the authority. So it will be illegal for you to keep moving when he has said, stop. Now, You're not stopping because he's a six-footer or he has broad shoulders or he's a big, tall, huge guy. He looks scary. Or even because he has a gun. I don't think think traffic cops have guns. They have this, what is it called? The stick? (laughs) I don't know if they have guns. I haven't noticed. I'll look out for that. But when they say stop, what are you supposed to do? And when they say come, what are you supposed to do? Well, why? Because they have the authority, the delegated authority of the government of the United States of America. So when they say stop, imagine it is the president saying stop. When they say come, it's as good as the president saying come. And it doesn't matter if you like him or don't like the traffic cop, you like the president, don't like the president, you just have to obey. Well, guess what, guys? You have the delegated authority, so you could say stop. To the enemy. And what does he have to do? You need to be aware of what you carry. You need to be conscious of who you carry, of who you are. I literally have done this in my living room. I yelled out, stop! And I yelled it as loud as I could. Now, I made sure I was home alone, first of all, so people don't think I'm crazy. And there was a situation I needed to stop, like, immediately. So I said it as loud as I could. Stop! Because I imagined the traffic wording, just the traffic cop just standing there and doing that. And my car, me driving, and no matter how fast I was driving, just stopping right there. And I told the devil, when I do that, that's what I expect you to do. Amen? You can direct what you need to comfort. It's not because you're the most prayerful Christian or you are the, you know, holiest of them all. I'm not saying those things are, are, are not necessary. They are. It's not because of who you are that the enemy would respond and obey. 
It is because of the authority you have. Amen? So it doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to fast all year long. I'm going to pray. Um, I, I know someone who told me I have to pray. I've forgotten how many hours she said. And I, that was when I was back in Nigeria. We're talking about prayers. And she said, I have to pray X, Y, Z. And I remember wondering why. I mean, and I was asking, because prayer is a great way to communicate with the Father, but she was saying it from a position of fear, not necessarily because she wanted the intimacy of the relationship with God. So she had had um, a couple of things happen to her, and she was just afraid, right? So she would go to, I don't know if you all know, there are a couple of campsites in Nigeria that are like prayer grounds, like um, Redeemed, MFM. Anyways, she'll go there every weekend of her life to camp out there Friday till Saturday to pray. And I remember wondering, I mean, I thought initially I thought it was fabulous. At some point I wondered, you know, you could actually pray in your living room. You know, you could actually pray in your home. When you do those things out of fear, see, the devil doesn't respond to fear at all. I think it excites him. It's like the gas that keeps him going when he sees how afraid you are. Amen? So people of God, stop acting powerless. Stop acting. It's, it's the feeling of powerlessness that makes us afraid. Like, I, I can't handle this situation. It makes us worried. It makes us cry. It makes us <clears throat> concerned about the situation. I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. Concern sounds a lot more spiritual, right? I say, say that all the time. It just sounds very dignified. I'm concerned. It sounds probably more spiritual than I'm worried because God said don't worry. But God knows you're, con- you're worried. So <laughs> slapping on whatever phrase you want to slap on doesn't change that. You're worried. Amen? We feel we have no help. The psalmist, he knew this. So he said, uh, I think it's, I'm not sure what psalm it is. He said, many are they that rise up against me, but you, O oh Lord, add a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. Amen. He knew who his source was. He knew what authority he had. That's why when he faced Goliath, he told Goliath, you could come with me with your spears and with your knives, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Because he knew what authority had been given to him. Do you honestly think it was his stone that killed Goliath? Seriously. I mean, let's seriously think about that. It wasn't his stone. It was the authority he had. I imagine him standing there. And you know the funny thing? He didn't have to go pray and say, Lord, as I throw the stone at Goliath, let him hit him square in the head. He just moved because he knew the host of heaven was backing him up. So he stood there and talked to Goliath, and I could imagine God saying, angels, do what he said. And David throwing the stone. Now, if David was like me, I can't throw straight to save myself. I can't play any spot at all. I'm very, I throw, I want to throw that way. It goes that way. I if David was like me and he was aiming at Goliath, Mr. Joe, we're going to assume you're Goliath because you know why. He was aiming at Goliath that way and he was throwing the stone. I imagine God sending the angels and the angels literally taking the stone and um, right on Goliath's head. Somebody say authority. On many street corners right now, they don't even have traffic cops. They have street lights. Those are mere machines. Guys, think about it. Mere machines tell us when to stop and when to move. Do we obey? We do, well, we're supposed to. I know a couple of Houstonians don't. <laughs> this sermon is not for them. <laughs> we don't say, well... It's just the light. No machine is going to tell me what I'm going to do. You stop. A mere machine tells us what to do and we have to obey. How much more you, who carries the Son of God in you, literally you carry God. 
How much more when you tell sickness, stop? How much more when you tell financial turbulence, stop? How much more when you tell marital issues, stop? How much more when you tell anything you want to stop? Not because of who you are, but because of who you carry. Because you have the authority of God in you. Amen? The awareness of spiritual authority is the actual demonstration of faith. It's how much you know of spiritual authority. That's how much faith you get. Amen? Amen. Amen, people of God. I told y'all I was excited. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew 16, 19. And I love this one from the message translation. I don't know if you could put it up for me, Miss Cindy. Is that it? Okay, so Jesus was talking and he said, and that's not all. You can read the um, other verses. He said, you will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. You have the key to open every door. So when you are here, little old you, and you say no, what happens in heaven? Heaven says what? When you are here and you say yes, heaven says what? That's it. That's it, people of God. Amen. Mark 16, 17 to 18 says, I have a couple of scriptures. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will... They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Every time I read this, I wonder, are these signs following us? Because Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. Why aren't these signs following us? Why are the Christians of today less powerful than the apostles? Have you ever wondered? Why the twelve disciples seem like they're more... They're stronger than the Christian of today. <clears throat> Here's why. If the traffic cop, the guy we talked about earlier, the one who stands on the street corner, he cannot exercise authority if he doesn't stay under authority. If he doesn't submit himself to the authority of the United States of America, he cannot exercise any authority. So if he says, I think today I want to be under the rule of Afghanistan. I don't believe, I mean, he'll be kicked out immediately, <laughs> probably taken to jail. For him to exercise authority, he has to stay under authority. James 4 7, powerful, powerful scripture. And I have quoted this scripture so, so many times. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. But here's the part. I used to love the most. Guess. Resist the devil and he will flee. Every word of God is given by divine inspiration. There's no mistake. God could have said, resist the devil and he will flee from you and submit to me. He said, submit to me first. And then you resist the devil. But you see, as Christians, we kind of twist it a little bit. And we resist, 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 and don't submit, submit, submit. It's not the other way around. It's this way. This is the right, this is, except you all have, where's Miss Shirley? Do you have another translation? <laughs> she gave me, it was an interesting Sunday school, I think a couple of months ago. And she's just, and I'm like teaching, and Miss Shirley's like, oops, here's a verse. And I'm like, <laughs> it was hilarious. I loved it. I love how quickly you're able to find those verses in the Bible. The extent to which you bring yourself under God's authority is the extent to which you can demonstrate his, his authority. You cannot exercise authority you are not under. So, if you are not under... My sister is making funny faces at me right in the middle of a sermon. If you are not under God's authority... How do you expect the enemy to be under your authority? 
It doesn't work that way. Amen? So we cannot leave as we want all week. Well, sliding, coming to church Sunday. You guys are here Wednesday, so bonus points. We can't leave how we want all week, coming Sunday, coming Wednesday, do whatever we want, and then snap our fingers and slap on the name of Jesus at the end of it. I mean, Jesus isn't our errand boy, if you think about it. We don't just say, Jesus, do it now. And we expect, well, why isn't he doing it? Are you submitted to his authority? Amen? John, you know, we we talk about the world a lot. And I have to tell you, um, it used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore. The state of the world, things are happening. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the world is going bonkers. Blah, 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 blah. We have been called to be the light of the world. We have been called to change the world. But the world is not going to submit to a church that is not under God's authority. The, they would always ask, the Pharisees asked Jesus this question, on whose authority do you do these things? You know what, that's the question the world is going to ask us. On whose authority? Why would you pray for that person and they will get healed? Why would you say, I am blessed? Pastor Roy leads us to say our, our offering confession. Well, why will that work? On whose authority are you doing all of this stuff? You need to know whose authority you're under. Amen? John 4, 14, 10 says, Do you not believe that I am in my Father and my Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Notice the progression. Jesus is saying, I am under my Father. This is Jesus. I'm not talking about Peter. Peter was a pretty awesome guy, but this is Jesus. He's saying, I do not say anything. My father hasn't told me to say. I do not do anything on my own authority. I am under my father. Now, if you jump down to verse 12 and 14, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus, he's, I am under my Father. And if you're under me, you'll do greater works than I've done. And we're here going, haven't done the works of Jesus yet. How much more greater? He was able to do those works because of the extent to which he submitted. Remember when he was at the garden and it was time to die and he didn't want to, but he said, not my will, but your will. He was fully submitted to God. How can we stay under God's authority by submitting to his word? Amen. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge of the word. We need to know God's word. That's why reading the Bible is not necessarily to make God happy. It's for us. We need to know God's word for our own good. We, the more we know about God's word, the more we're able to submit to God's word. Amen. So, we cannot manifest God's power if we're not submitted to, uh, we're not under his authority, and we cannot be under his authority if we don't know his word. Amen? The Bible says, and, and the Bible is not a history book, it's not a book of Bible stories, it's not a collection of poetic words or whatever it is. It is the living word of God. The Bible says in John 1, 1, it says, um, the word in the beginning Someone help me out with that verse. The word was with God and the word was God. <laughs> the story's like, I'm moving on to verse 2. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus is the word of God. The Bible is God. So you are reading God. And there, there's a word, it comes alive to you. I remember one time we heard someone say that and, and Dana and I just jumped on that sometime, I think last year, 
and we're praying about something and we heard this man say it and it just became like a mantra to me and he's like you know when you're stuck and you're confused you're not sure which way to go Jesus Miss Gladys talked about that last week was fantastic Jesus is the way and then we started praying we didn't say Lord show me the way we said Lord show me you because you are the way already Show me, once I see you, I know what to do. Show me you. Because Jesus said, I am the way. So I can't be stranded, not when I have the way. I can't be confused, not when I have the way. I can't be overwhelmed, not when I have the way. Amen, people. So I've said two things now. Be aware. I need to hurry. Be aware. And submit to God's authority. And the last thing I'm going to talk about, yes, the last thing. The last thing I'm going to talk about, how can we exercise our authority? I said by being aware we have authority, submitting to God's authority. And guess what the last thing is? Exercising the authority. I know. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 15 to 23 it says, and this is a long read. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is a fantastic scripture. Honestly, all of Paul's prayers are fantastic. Everything in the Bible is fantastic, but I just love Paul's prayers. They're so deep. They're like a hundred messages in this one prayer. And he says, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, okay, I'll go on here, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Listen to that in verse 20 which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above. Not just above, but far. Everybody say far. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all, somebody say all. This is exciting, people. He put all things under his feet. And he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. So where is Jesus seated? Far above. All principalities in heavenly places. Well, let's flip to the next chapter and see, and see what it says about us. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6. It says, But God who is rich in mercy, because, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive listen to that, with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. How much more above? How much more above are you seated? Way up there. We're sitting with the bus people way above everything, the, every principality. Every, the Bible says every name, not only the ones that are named now, but the ones that are to come, meaning the new diseases they're going to be inventing, the new COVID-19. We're far above that. Amen? That was a new one that came out, well, in 2019. Whatever variance, it's like every other day, there's a new variance in the news. That variant, I don't even keep up anymore. It's like... Honestly, I've lost track. There was a Delta, there was a Omicron, there was that and that and that. Well, guess who is seated far above all of that? Every form of death, everything, every financial problem, guess who is seated far above that? You guys, we are, amen, people. 
Jesus is the head of the church and we are his body. When Jesus was raised from the dead, when he rose from the tomb, I love that part. They didn't find anybody there. When you watch a, 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 a movie and there's like, there's no body. There's no, because when people die, there should be a body. Well, there's no body. Why? Because his body was raised with him. And who are you? His body. So you're not in the tomb anymore. You're not in the tomb of death. You're not in the tomb of, of, of problems, of illness, of whatever. You are not there. You've been raised with Jesus. So when the enemy is coming, thinking, you know, the Bible says, if they knew, they would not have crucified the king of glory. I mean, if the devil had known what would come out of it. He, he that thought again and said, oh, I, I, I mean, I bet every day he's in hell going, oh, I didn't think this through. I should have left him alone. <laughs> because it's 2,000 years later and I'm still suffering because of the stupid decision I made. If he had thought it through. So they went on the third day looking for Jesus. The way the devil is coming looking for you. Saying, ha! I put him here. I put her here. And they come in. Guess what? There's nobody. You are not there. You are resurrected. And you are sitting with him. You know, the devil is a liar. And he he always wants us to think like him. He wants to deceive us. He wants to trick us. So he, he makes us feel you're still there. You know, I know she's just ranting, but when you go home, have your bills still been paid? No. So guess who's in the tomb? You. When you go home, are your kids still acting out? Yes. Is your husband still a whatever he is? Yes. Is your wife still a nag? Yes. I guess all she's saying is just all fancy and sweet right at church. But when you go home, the reality is... Sometimes you just need to tell him the old-fashioned way, shut up. Don't need to go all scriptural on him sometimes. Just say, just shut up. Amen? So don't, when, when your kids are straying from the Lord, when your spouse doesn't want to serve God, when your grandchildren, I, I talked to the lady some time ago and she told me, she said, my grandkids, um, they don't serve God. I mean, it got so, her, her son had married a Muslim woman and it was an entire mess. And she was so worried because this lady had been at church all her life. And now she was, I think Miss Mary was probably in her early 80s. And she's like, I can't imagine. I hope we're not online. She's like, I feel like I'm raising a generation of terrorists. And it was so heartbreaking for this lady because she loved the Lord. And her family was banned from mentioning the name of Jesus. I mean, it was horrible. And she felt there was nothing she could do. I remember talking with her and telling her, Miss Mary, there are a million things you can do. Why? You have authority. So here we are. We're waiting on God to do stuff God is waiting on us to do. We're saying, Lord, do this. Fix it. You remember your sermon? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I'll forget that. The, the, the man at, at the, by the pool of Bethsaida, he's saying, nobody will throw me in. And Jesus is like, seriously, people. <laughs> We're saying, God, do this, do this, do this. And God is saying, I gave you the authority. You do it. You do it. I don't know who said, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, I think they got that principle from the scripture. God is saying, you take authority over your family. You take authority over your children, over your grandchildren. You stand on the authority I have given you and say, no, this one is not going to hell. You have that authority. So you don't need to sit down and wait and say, I'm waiting on the Lord to, to touch my child, to touch my grandchild, to touch my great, to touch my husband. You touch them. I know a lady, and I'm going to close with this one. I know a lady whose husband was a drunk. She was in Nigeria. I mean, a real drunk. Like he would always lose his mind. 
and she had been praying, and Lord, change him, Lord. And then she realized, guess who has the authority to change this man? And he would, you know, slip around and do all of that stuff. And one day she came to the realization that she had the authority Jesus had given her. So she went in there and took his shoes and put some anointing oil on it. And she said, these shoes, you will never take him to the bar. I decree it, and so shall it be. And she went on to say some other things, which I consider a little inappropriate. Ask me about them later. I won't say them here. (laughs) About him sleeping around. And she said, she stood and said, his body will not function the way it would function. I am telling you, I'm not joking. And she's like, this will, I help you. She, She said, the Bible says we have entered into a covenant as husband and wife. His body doesn't belong to him alone. It belongs to me. I have authority over it. And then he came back and he's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and she's like, oops. Well, I'm happy to tell you that man is serving the Lord. Because somebody took authority. You are that somebody who needs to take authority in your family. You can't run away from the enemy and say, I don't know what, and you know, the devil will tell you, you were such a horrible mom. You were not saved. You didn't raise your kids right. That's why. Well, guess what? You're under the blood. All of that is history. If any man is in Christ, is a new creature. It doesn't matter what kind of mom you were. What matters is who you are now. So you tell him right back, well, I may have been a horrible mom, but guess what? Jesus wiped all of that away, and I'm an awesome mother. And I say, my child is coming back to serve the Lord, and there is nothing you can do about it. I want you to believe that. I want you to stand on it. I want you to act on it. I want you to get mad at him sometimes and tell him, stop. And he will listen. Amen? And that's all I have to say this evening. God bless you all. All right, you're dismissed. God bless you. Y'all pray when you get home.